Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 227 today. Uh, we're going to be discussing UAPs and NDEs uh, with Dr. Bob Davis. Uh, I have the link to his website down below. He is an author, a scientist, a speaker. Uh, so go check that out, but we'll get into that in a second before we get started. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast For just $2 a month, you'll get exclusive guest episodes and segments. Uh, we're going to try and maybe fit one in here with Bob later on tonight, or today, I should say. And uh, so go check that out. I just uploaded one with Daniel McQueen. There's a ton of them up there. Rick Strassman, there's a ton of them up there that I've, I've uploaded recently. So go check that out. Uh, also, head on over to indrasweb.org. This is the social media platform we crea- uh, created to connect open minds. So whether you want to speculate, hypothesize, theorize, head on over there, set up a profile. Uh, we are still working on getting that in the App Store. Uh, if you're interested in this Mind Escape t-shirt, we only have two sizes left, large and medium, but if you would like to enter to win a free one, all you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, take a screenshot of it, and send it to mindescapepodcast at gmail.com. That will enter you to win. Uh, also, go check out our new merch store, and I have the link down below. Um, but uh, without further ado, welcome on the show, Bob. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, So you are, let's see here. I was going to do a little uh, spiel for you here. You are an internationally recognized research scientist and author. You've taught at the State University of New York for over 30 years. Uh, Your recent research publications consist of the science and the, you know, the subjective human experience and consciousness. And you have three books titled Unseen Forces, Life After Death, and the UFO Phenomenon. Uh, So today, I really wanted to kind of talk about uh, UFOs, UAPs, consciousness, and NDEs. But let's start with UFOs, UAP, because you do have a documentary in the works. The trailer looks amazing. Uh, Excited to see that. So um, what got you into that topic specifically? I've always been a closet ufologist ever since uh, growing up in the 60s and 70s. It's difficult not to be very interested in in space, obviously, with the race to the moon. Uh, We were all enamored by that. Uh, And then, uh, of course, with the science fiction genre of the times uh, and the the movies about UFOs, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, it, it turned people on. It lit people up to this extraordinary phenomenon that we are all familiar with and uh, even to, to this day we we're still more than curious about it after i saw however in, in 2012 two orange jobs in the night sky in sedona arizona with my wife while walking one evening uh, i was lit i wasn't sure what that was but it caused me to write my first book the UFO phenomenon should i believe and uh, ever since then, I uh, became very much more involved with that subject matter. I even was a member of the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Research Foundation, where we published a paper 
on over 3,200 individuals who claim to interact with the phenomena and non-human intelligences of varying types. And we realized it was largely a non-physical phenomenon. The vast majority of 3,200 people reported like an OBE, like their consciousness moving out of the body, interacting with some matrix in a different mm -hmm. time and space. And, and uh, that was published by the Journal of Scientific Exploration again. Uh, we were very proud of that. Nevertheless, it's a physical phenomena and a, a non-physical phenomena, but I can't help uh, shake it, you know, like, like you gentlemen uh, and all of us. Uh, we're very much interested in the phenomena, and uh, I think we'll always will be. Yeah, it's very interesting. And actually, I had my first um, orb sighting with my father about a year, uh, well, was it a year ago? Maybe two, I think it was two years ago at this point. Um and uh, before that, I'd never really seen anything other than being in, like, northern Michigan and seeing, you know, satellites and crazy, you know, amazing star um, uh, stars and uh, meteorites, things like that. But, yeah, I saw an orb with my father, and we just thought it was so bizarre. And I tried not to mythologize it or say it was this or that. It was just a really weird experience. Um, so I definitely can uh, identify with you on that. Uh, but before that, the only weird experiences I had were mystical, psychedelic experiences and things of that nature, maybe with some entities and weird things in that realm. But I had never seen anything in physical day-to-day -day consciousness till that point. Um, when you had your sighting, is that kind of what was like a paradigm shift or a catalyst for you? Or were you already kind of thinking about that kind of stuff? Well, I was very much uh, involved from a, um, a consumer standpoint in the sense that I read many books on the topic. Right. Uh, but after seeing it, uh, the cork comes out of the bottle just a little mm -hmm. bit. Uh, and that's what people say. Anytime we experience something quite extraordinary, like a, a UAP of varying kinds, whether it's a, a physical craft in broad daylight, that saucer-shaped, silvery type of thing that people describe or or type of orbs in the night sky or it could be grays in, the, in their bedroom <laughs> you know right. the phenomenon manifests in so many different ways uh we don't even know what we're talking about essentially really but, but other than it's such an unexplained enigmatic ineffable experience that when people have it that the, the cork is out of the bottle literally they're lit they're they're fiercely determined to figure out what it's about. Why did it happen to me? What was this interaction about? Sometimes less pronounced than others. You know, I, I've talked to people, they say, a gray touched me. Okay, a great, what am I supposed to do with that? I'm a right. scientist, right? A gray touched me. And they're more sane than me. Maybe that's not saying very much, but right. I, I get these kind of reports and you hear these all the time. Uh, what is going on? Are they seeing a different world or seeing this world differently? And that was the basis of my last book, Unseen Forces, the Integration of Science, Reality, and You. Right. Uh, and that's the basis of the documentary I'm working on with uh, Dave Beatty of Dreamtime Entertainment at consciousnessfilm.info. And, and that's the essence of the issue here. People are essentially being lit. Let's call it that, for lack of a better term. It's a new journey where where you kind of sense a little ego dissolution. You realize there's something more. Reality is much more complex than you ever thought before. 
And when you interact with something significant, whether it's a UAP uh, in, in whatever manifestation it may, it may appear, a near-death experience, a body experience, a psychoactive effect like you're talking about, and you interact with a, a different time and space, possibly other entities, whether deceased relatives, supreme beings, or reptilians and greys, or whatever it may be. It may be all one of the same or all completely independent types of issues that people are dealing with and struggling with. Because the obvious questions are, what is it all about? And with fierce determination and great passion, people are trying to figure out intellectually and emotionally, what is this? How do I deal with it? How do I talk about it? It's it, but I get a sense of greater awareness, don't you see? There's a positive and a negative. Many anxiety-provoking questions emerge, understandably, but it wakes people up a little bit. It, it gives them that sense of, what, um, I'm interconnected with my environment, my reality, like never before. I'm a little bit more aware, possibly, of, of other things that may exist in reality that people... Oh, have never been certain about. Even science doesn't address it. Newtonian physics doesn't answer the kinds of questions that people are asking when they have these kinds of experiences uh, where they question themselves, reality, life, and everything in between. But they're changed. You see, there's a transpersonal effect that occurs here. Whatever it is, anything extraordinarily uh, exotic, anything extremely out of the norm and it comes in all different ways shapes sizes the uap is just one example mm. we don't know how to deal with these people we, we, we and that's the issue at hand too because they're in need of some assistance answers that we can't provide with any degree of certainty so within these communities the uf ufo uap twitter and social media and stuff you have people that consider themselves like uh you know, the nuts and bolts people or versus the consciousness people. Then you have people that believe in both or all possibilities. My whole take has always been the whole thing is consciousness based. We are, <laughs> we're measuring and viewing the world through our consciousness. So by that definition, it's all consciousness based. There is no nuts and bolts because it's still being filtered through our consciousness. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but yeah, there seems to be, people that just take like the military account seriously and not necessarily like experiencers. And then there's the experiencers who have really very real experiences to them, but it gets discounted because of old, you know, uh, dogma and stuff like that. So, I mean, what's your take on mm -hmm. that whole dichotomy? Yeah, it, there's no question a consciousness component to it. Uh, we, we have a brain, we filter physical information, and we put a, a, a layer of subjective interpretation, impressions on that. Yeah, uh, it's, it's all the more complex because uh, we are changed by the interaction. It's a physical event that seems to be no doubt about that. Uh, the, the evidence is clearly indicating that. Uh, we don't need to go into detail of its physicality um, on radar and, and observation, landing traces, physical effects on individuals. But, but what is often 
under-recognized and not emphasized enough is what Valet and Heineck and a few, only a few others, Cameron now, um, among a few others, who consider it to be a largely consciousness-based uh, phenomenon. And what that means is, is mysterious in and of itself because we don't even have a definition of what consciousness is. And, and it could simply re- reflect the cosmic consciousness, this inter- interaction or interrelatedness among all of us. Uh, and, and we're just one little piece of billions of individual conscious entities that are interacting, interrelating, and, and in a sense, trying to figure out what's going on here. There's a consciousness component because, yeah, people are changed. They're transformed as a result of these interactions, and they become more sympathetic and empathetic, less interested in organized religion, less materialistic, more spiritual, um, more caring, loving, become more humane in some respects. And the question is why. And that might be an, in, maybe an innate, instinctual, biologic, brain-based reaction to any kind of extraordinary event that we can't understand, that kind of makes us step back and say, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I experienced something real. I know that. And I can't explain it. And it's knocking my socks off. And I'm having great difficulty integrating it. We all do in right. some ways. And, and that's, that's why the conscious component is, of course, there. It's interrelated with the physical. There's no doubt about it. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have science to support us in our questions that are normally asked when we have this. We, people go to these CE5s trying to call down these unidentified areas of phenomena, trying to use conscious intent, mental intent to interact with varying degrees of success. I've been, I've been going to Mike Merberg's uh, beautiful CE5 up in uh, Darby Ranch, north of Tampa, and, and beautiful people just getting together and, and like-minded souls. and interrelating their consciousness in a sense, trying to attract something. Is it an intelligence of some type that coexists here? We can only speculate, obviously, from another planet dimension. I don't even want to go to these different theories. We right. can only we can only speculate, obviously. But there's it's real, and that's the key. It's it's a real phenomenon, and that is not a question anymore, I don't think. We, we see uh, evidence of... of reports from the government and navy etc acknowledging it for whatever that's worth and i'm not i'm not gonna go there sure. that's that's not my stick it's important we have to look at that the history and the physical aspects of it and what is going on now geopolitically as a pertains to phenomena more importantly why are these people having these doing these collective ce5 ce6s even uh, whatever you want to call it and um, why am I doing a documentary on consciousness that incorporates many experts in all fields of neuroscience and parapsychology? I can go on and on, near-death experiences, mm-hmm. um, UAPs, and then some. Uh, trying to figure out that component of consciousness, how it ties into the UAP as well. And Valet, for instance, will talk about a control system. Uh, an intelligence that, for whatever reason, is exerting influence on humankind, maybe to evolve a spiritual. We hear these stories all the time. I don't want to kind of rehash all of this, but it's hard not to. Uh, you can easily come to that conclusion that our consciousness collectively is being elevated. We see historically uh, how the phenomenon has morphed in terms of individual entities from the 
angels and gnomes and elves and Lilliputians, etc. of the past to, I don't know, today's greys, energy beings, reptilians. It may be the same phenomenon, different suit, as people like to uh, call it. Uh, maybe it forces us to look a little ahead of the times to get a glimpse of what can be in terms of human potential, science, and, and spoon feeds us a little bit. Interesting to speculate. It's fun. It's a business, unfortunately, but it's a pseudoscience too, uh, because it can't be explained on the Newtonian physics. And that's why we look, people often look to quantum mechanics theories within it as a, as a means to possibly try to give us some degree of credibility, or I should say maybe a, a understanding of what may be going on in terms of explaining extra dimensions. Is that a possibility that like, these things coexist in another time and space? Well, quantum mechanics says it's possible, so maybe that's the answer, maybe not. But we look for other alternative answers because current paradigm, the current paradigm we operate under it's not going to provide the answer. It's not designed to, and we can't look to it. So we're in a little cusp here. It's a very frustrating position. We know the phenomenon exists. It ma it's impacting millions in varying ways. People are doing uh, even psychoactive drugs all the time now, mm -hmm. and and having these kind of peak experience like experience where they gain insight, greater awareness. Uh, and they benefit, as people report, from all of these kinds of experiences. The peak experience, and that, again, consciousnessfilm.info is what the documentary is about. Um, UAP is a, a, a branch of a tree. What's the trunk? Maybe it is consciousness. Maybe the universe is consciousness. Many leading scientists ascribe to that. We even have Tom Campbell, for instance, uh, author of Theory of Everything, My Big Toe. He ascribes to the simulated virtual reality model of reality and consciousness. I mean, and many ascribe to that belief. There is what? I don't know, but somebody else, you know, working a, in a, a Commando 64 game, and we're part of the players. Are we in right. cyberspace? You know, I mean, I, mean, I can't even, I'm hesitant to even go there because it is such, a, a, such odds with my... Uh, what my left brain trained educational mindset because all of this causes my right brain to struggle with it. It's not logical. You know, th these experts are telling me it's a, this is a simulated reality. Maybe, maybe it is. Or though these experts are telling me you know, there's another coexisting dimension. Maybe there is. All of these theories, or maybe this projections of other consciousnesses at <laughs> light years away that mm. are capable of projecting themselves here and interacting with people's consciousness. I mean, that's a possibility too. So you can come up with numerous explanations uh, that can't be proved or disproved. And um, so we're kind of like in the driver's seat, throwing out these ideas hoping to hit on a home run in some way, but we'll never support it unless we have the adopted uniform principles accepted uh, on our planet, you know, as, as principles and theories of science that can be applied to understanding reality. People are experiencing, however, an alternate reality. And that's the enigma right there. Um, so I had kind of a hypothesis, um, 
that I mean I'm not like you know I'm not gonna die on that hill but I do have a, an interesting thought uh, I did write a blog about it a while ago on our website but um, you know we mythologize everything as human beings and um, when we don't understand some sort of physical phenomena whatever it may be uh, and I just look to like we've gone deep on the Greeks ancient Greeks and the Greek gods and you know the architecture the megalithic structures the mythology the eleusinian mysteries all that kind of stuff so my thought is is this our modern day greek gods or god pantheon and it's not to say that something isn't real that's happening it's just that we don't have the language or the uh, mental capacity to quantify it at this point do you think that that's a possibility and that's what we're experiencing something along those lines I, th I think so. I, th I think uh, the so-called cavemen were experiencing something like that that they tried to pick on, on cave walls, you know, well, 40, 50,000 years ago. Um, I, I think there was some level of interaction that's appropriate for the times, uh, whether it's during the times of the pyramidal structures in, in Egypt that defy explanation of, in and of itself. Um, but the point is this, we need to adopt what you, the, the understanding of historic cultures who interacted with the phenomenon, even, even you know, Indians in the Southwest. I've, I've heard lectures by uh, shaman and by leaders of tribes out of the, south, in, out of the Southwest uh, today that make more sense to me than any you know, noted authority in, in ufology uh, about the phenomenon. Uh, the point is, there's a historic uh, rich aspect to this where, where people do report in varying cultures over time, this kind of consciousness-like interaction effect um, that's purposeful and beneficial. Uh, in varying ways for the people of the time. And you see the aspect of in innovative technologies in the 20th century has just widened that gap between spirituality, our desire to become more aware, to understand life and reality, introspection. Uh, we, lo we lost that because of, in some ways we lost that because of technology. Mm. Uh, and for a lot of reasons and media and business it draws us more into the material as opposed to the non-material mm. so the gap widens and now i think however that gap may be closing a little bit because more people are having near-death experiences with life-sustaining advanced techniques which keep which return people from the brink of death and even from brain death flat eeg and they experience the NDE in all its ignomatic ways. Uh, and they're changed from that. The point is, as more people are waking up through UAP encounters, and the media does help that, you know, social networking, the things you gentlemen are doing is wonderful. Right. That does help elevate awareness uh, in our technological society. That's one way technology helps in, with this social networking interaction. It is raising consciousness in some ways, making us more, simply more aware of phenomena that science can't explain. And, and boy, there's a long, wide dynamic range of that. Right. Uh, so uh, as people 
you know, as people are becoming more aware, this gap may be narrowing. I don't know. I'm not a sociologist. It's hard to quantify. The thing is, we need to integrate the two, of course, the physical with the subjectives. Narrow that gap. It's easy to say. So that what? I don't know. We don't suffer the ills of modern society and, and the materialist aspect of nature. You see, we, we've evolved in beautiful ways and de-evolved in many ways. Evolved technologically and de-evolved spiritually. Our understanding of life and ourselves, trying to, and relax, de-stress. We don't, we don't do that like we should. Uh, develop ESP techniques like we should. And ESP is real. But what do we do with it? Uh, we should be cultivating these kinds of mental intention skills that do exist, that do exist. And, and we can go there, I can talk about the brain and current research, and it seems that ESP may be coded for in the brain in chordate pudiment. Um, Dr. Nolan, a well-known immunologist, geneticist, who's also in our documentary, has discovered that enhanced connectivity in an aspect of the brain that's unique to those who have psychic abilities and experiences. Well, what does that mean, you know? What does that mean? Maybe the brain is geared for ESP, but we ignore that, you see. We ignore the human potential, the potential possibility of the brain and consciousness, as you mentioned. And maybe we can better enhance our ability to heal ourselves through intention. And we have evidence of that, not only mm-hmm. through meditating, and which is obviously helpful, helpful in over 80% of disorders and diseases, uh, let alone, unfortunately, five, less than 5% of physicians recommend that people you know, reduce their stress or meditate, which right. is a, a, ignorant to begin with. I, I can't even go down that road. So, um, you know, look at society, and it's easy to get depressed. Besides COVID and the nightmare that people, we all are experiencing as a result of that. Aside from that, the other layers of media and business and materialism is just masking, uh, inhibiting our ability to perceive alternate realities that could potentially provide us with answers to the nature of reality and consciousness, to study it more subjectively, experimentally, uh, in all its forms, and UAP is just one way to do that, but we can get at aspects of consciousness uh, through the UAP because how many millions of people are claiming to interact with it and <laughs> suffering right. as a result of it? You know, but we find through the, the survey study that we published in the Journal of Scientific Exploration, the more times people interact, the more positive the outcome is in terms of their psycho-spiritual belief systems, perspectives on life, death, love, everything in between. Dramatic changes in their philosophies, uh, that's long-lasting, and they integrate it after a dark night of the soul, so to speak, of anxiety and questioning what happened to me, of course. But, um, you know, we can go on and on with this. Uh, it's fun to do so. Uh, it's also frustrating because I wish I had answers to provide. Right. You to me too, you see? So we throw it out there um, for what it's worth. And we're scratching the surface, yeah. but we're in the right direction. We are. Part of that blog I did put in there, though, like, do you think that this could be something, this idea like of this could be helping our consciousness along, meaning that people that once believed in religions, uh, you know, 
same thing. It's almost like what evolution selects for is this idea of belief in something higher and it pushes humanity along almost like is something dangling the carrot for us or are we dangling the carrot in front of ourselves? And if it were dangling it in front of ourselves, what does that mean? I, you know, I, th- I think about that all the time. Is this something that we're, we're doing to ourselves or is this something that's external? Uh, we, we don't know, but that is the, this is that the issue at hand, right? That's it. Yeah. Maybe both. I'd like to think we integrate, you know, it's us and them and trying to come to a want, uh, a place where we're balanced and, and maybe that's thousands of years from now where we can utilize external energy, consciousness, and, and integrate it with the subjective sense and, and to our benefit, whatever that means. You know, right. um, look, I, uh, we do have a good chance. It's a good chance. We do have some degree of innate spirituality and people, uh, and some neuroscientists like to look for that spiritual or God neuron. And, and if you say God, God, God in my ear, or, you know, God is all there is and God is love and while while we're recording brain activity, MRIs, EEGs, some neuroscientists say, well, you know what? Every time I say God, I see an area in the brain light up, the ipsilateral parietal lobe. Okay. All right. Maybe there's a God spot as a result. Maybe, maybe we're born to want to believe in something to your question, which is right on. Mm-hmm. Um, and if so, great. Spirituality could be a natural manifestation of, of brain function. But, and people go to religion and people go to UAP. I think it's the same thing. You know, right. you could have both. Yeah. One, it's a, you know, I don't know what religion is, but it's a belief system, like minded souls, uh, organized, non organized, whatever, good, bad, uh, you know, varied opinions. But look how many millions of people. I'm amazed, really. The interest is accumulating. I think more people are leaving the church for UFOs. Well, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. There's, a, there's, a, there's like a, a UFO UAP of the gap instead of God of the gap transition happening. Not that yeah, yeah, there's yeah. not something real there, but again, it's something like when people were looking for God or f- some people might've found God through entheogens or meditation or uh, near death experiences back in the day. People are, are, you know, like I said about the like the Greek myths. Like this is the more modern version of that. Like we have to keep updating our uh, our You're software. Right. Yeah, uh, Rudy Shields. On that note, Rudy Shield, a friend of mine, leading astrophysicist, uh, worked for decades at the Harvard Smithsonian Laboratory. He says to me, Bob, you know what a black hole is. You tell me, Rudy, you're the astrophysicist. I'm not. Uh, it's, he says, it's a neuron of God's brain. Okay. Mm, I like it. What am I supposed to do with that, right? Rudy Shield. <laughs> Rudy Shield. He, he actually disproved Stephen Hawking wrong on a concept of a black hole. And, and Stephen Hawking admitted it publicly. It's, that's real. You know, so he's at that level. Doesn't mean he's right or wrong, but he's right. a brilliant guy. Bob, it's a. Okay. And then he says, you know what these UAPs are? They're uh, quantum amplifiers. Quantum amplifiers. They're intelligent. Quantum, okay. They interact with the quantum processes externally, maybe a torsion force, biophotons. I can get into that and bore everybody to death. But these theories exist. 
okay? Torsion energy, spin force, everything spins, electrons, planets, right? Everything spins. But that spinning force may also interact with an aspect of brain function. In fact, when you take the brain and you kind of move it like this, where you have the uh, spinal column and you you, you got to have a 3D image of the brain, but you, you, right. and you hold it like that, it looks like a torsion or a torus where it can collect spinning force and it'll be channeled down into the spinal column. You know, the point is you can make a case for the chakra system, energy flowing up into the you know where I'm going. Okay. Right. I, I mean, a lot of the scientists from the cosmos, cosmologists down to the particle physicists are going there because mm-hmm. they're looking at quantum processes in the DNA and cellular structures of the brain. And they're looking at those similar kind of quantum processes external to the brain, right? Right. And then if you and then if you look at you know law of entanglement and superposition, on and on with these these theories that exist out there, controversial, but many are proven to be true. You can make the case. You know, take it another step forward. Well, there could be interaction. There's no space time in, inhibition in a sense. They they will interact internally, externally. What does that mean? What does right. it mean? Uh, black holes in there on God's brain. The universe is conscious. We're all interconnected. What does it mean? Meaning that when people say, when uh, okay, here's, here's another example. Diane, Dr. Diane Hennessy-Pell, she's a neuroscientist, neuropsychiatrist, leading researcher, a good friend of mine. She's in our uh, documentary, The Consciousness Connection. Um, she's done a lot of research with autistic savants. Uh, individuals who are disabled in many ways, but they have unique skills, right? In music, in math, etc. That clearly can't be explained. She says to me, Bob, well, she wrote a book, The ESP Enigma. And she talks about one of her uh, subjects, Haley, eight-year-old. Point is, Haley, you know, what shape is, am I, is on the car that I see that you can't? What's the number? What's the color? About it being 80, 90% accurate. Okay. Double, triple blinded, 80% accurate. Uh, she has another four-year-old. She says, shit, a few weeks ago, she was talking to Dave Bayman, co-producer from Dreamtime Entertainment. And, and, and she says, Bob, I have a four-year-old who speaks six languages. Wow. Was she ever exposed to these languages? No. Okay. What am I supposed to do with that? You see, I studied the brain. I know a little bit about so what am I supposed to do with that? It's like Bob a great touch me. And these are the same people. Right. Brilliant people who are telling me this. You know, um, I've had some unique experiences, not like that, but the brain you can't you can't figure that one out. Uh what's a cube root? A six year old, she said, a cube root, you know what I'm saying. The cube root of four thousand eight hundred and twenty three, she gives it the answer, you know, to the sixth decimal point. Another autistic savant. The point is could that be the brain or is it accessing an information field? That's where I'm going here. Is it in- accessing an external, getting to your point, an external information field that many people do ascribe to, that semantic field, the Akashic record, as it's sometimes t- called. Yeah. The mediums will be many mediums, not all, the vast majority are not accurate, but there are a select few remarkably accurate who can be you know interact as a claim with the deceased etc i was gonna say I'm, and, I'm highly skeptical of of that aspect and not that it's I, again we've talked about this before we've talked about your edgar casey's and your you know people like there Rudolf have been Steiner, some proven guys out there yeah, obviously clairvoyant type people but at the same time 
a lot of them I feel like prey on people because of their like if, even for instance if you go on like Facebook and some of these groups like um, you know the near-death experience ones people will take pictures and it'll be like a photo um, and there will be like an artifact in there well Maurice is a professional photographer he could easily describe what this effect is and why it's happening but some people will be like oh that's this person and then you'll, you'll see people like you know DM me I'm a psychic I can help you you know things like that so it's like Stuff like that is where I become skeptical of that. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that there's not people that have these unique abilities. I'm saying that there's the the waters are muddy because of snake oil, you know, salesmen you're, you're exactly and right. charlatans, you're, you know. You're exactly right, uh, and and that's unfortunate. But but uh, you know, it's unfortunate. You're right on. I would say ninety eight percent. You should not pay any money to for any uh, you know fortune telling or whatever. Right. Uh, however. I look at the work of uh, Dr. Julia, uh, Julie Bichel at the Wimbridge Institute. She has published several papers uh, with mediums, claim mediums, but also mediums who were trained uh, using certain types of techniques I'm not familiar with. But in her quadruple blinded studies where, you know, she makes sure from a scientific methodological perspective, there's no way that person could get this information. She's tested several mediums five six seven i would think in these studies and over 90 percent accuracy hmm. over 90 percent accuracy you know so i have to I, I agree with you but then you have those that kind of publication in a reputable journal right. not that it means you know i don't know what it means but I, it gets my attention it does um it, emphasizing what well, the work that Dean Radin did. Uh, yeah, among Dean Radin, uh, Rupert yeah, Sheldrake. He is, yeah, and he, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Dean Radin's in our documentary, uh, a, a leading scientist of the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Uh, Sciences, and, and I talked to him uh, about a month ago, and Bob, ESP is real. I put it out blank to him. I know it's real. I know the statistics. It's a subtle effect. It doesn't mean I can read your mind other than keen insight and all that. But, you know, if you think of a number, it doesn't mean I know the number. ESP doesn't manifest all the time, most of the time that way. It's statistical, it's subtle, but it's real. Okay. Right. I can, again, we can bore with all the details that's in my books. Um, but you have to get into the literature, read the research to understand its validity. You see, and people don't, and nor should they really, unless they're interested in, in ESP, then you got to look at that kind of work and you'll realize, and it's not easy to find it because you have to understand science a little bit, you see. So the average, you know, the, the general public is not going to get that kind of information. And that's what's unfortunate. There's too much crap on TV, in other words, and not enough emphasizing these kinds of findings from reputable scientists that are that can contribute something to awareness, to our knowledge and understanding of maybe what else exists out there that right. we do not have answers for. And occasionally you'll see that in some paranormal shows, but it's infrequent, unfortunately. And you have, you know, dumb it down TV 99% right. of the time, uh, including yeah. the news. It's a, it, it really is very depressing and to the point where I don't, don't watch, other than sports, which I love, I don't watch TV and Seinfeld, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. Watching those. I'm serious. It's, it's, it's. It's the wrong way to go. Yeah, I it's only watch uh, hockey games and, and uh, yeah, I guess documentaries. It's pretty you know, much. It's listening to dudes like you. 
it's listening. I'm sorry, but it's listening to light workers like yourselves. You know, I don't know what you do rest of the day. Uh, I, I think you're blessed individuals. You're light workers. Look what you're doing. Why are you doing it? And it's beautiful what you're doing. It, it you, okay. I, you, I think people should understand. You know, you, you you're doing it, you know, more for others than yourself. But you're doing it for yourself too because you want to explore more. You learn more from talking to dudes like me and everybody. Everybody talks. Yeah. I'm, I learned from you. Uh, I'm having. A, I'm enjoying this conversation. You see, I'm enjoying this conversation, and we're both benefiting from it. In terms of how I feel, I love doing this. We, we're on the same page. We don't agree on everything, but your audience too right. is, is resonating with it, agreeing with it, and disagreeing with something. That's great. I think it's to important to talk it. to people you don't. It's disagree. critical. Yeah, That's yeah. part of the paradigm shift. You have to understand the importance of just that. You're part of that paradigm shift, but it's very slow. <laughs> Darwinism, right. Copernic, and, you know, we're moving into quantum mechanics and all that. Uh, what you're doing, you're taking advantage of social networking, not uh, not to play a casino, uh, you know, twenty four seven, or to uh, you know gamble or do right. other bullshit, but to what? What do you do? What are you really doing? What am I doing? Why am I doing a, a documentary with Dave Beatty called The Consciousness Connection? I'm telling everybody go to consciousnessfilm.info if you can support it. Beautiful. If you resonate it. With it, get 50 cents, a dollar, a million dollars. Find the guy who's going to pass away like in six months with a terminal disease, has $20 million, right, and doesn't know what to do with it. Tell him to come to, you know, <laughs> consciousness. Why, you see, why am I doing that? Obviously, it's, I, I, we need money to make the documentary go. But why am I doing it? Why are you doing it? You say, why are you right. even supporting me doing it? You know, because you know we need to do it. There's a reason. And you see, that's nebulous, isn't it? It gets very esoteric, and I hate to kind of be that way, but maybe that's part of consciousness. Maybe that's spirituality. Searching for the truth. Searching for answers that we don't have. And it takes us down the road of UAPs and NDEs where altered consciousness states are experienced similar they're similar, even with psychoactive drugs. No time, no space. I see right. entities. We know the story. Even look, even uh, blind people who have a near-death experience, they see what? Ask them what they see. They have a visual sense. Blind from birth. I know Jeff Long. The the uh, he's going to be uh, founder of the Near Death Experience Research Foundation. Beautiful soul. A friend of mine. He's in the documentary. Uh, you know, and he talks about for decades. He's been talking. About it. He told me the other day, being blind, a few weeks ago, blind people have vertical perception; they have objective awareness, uh, but they see what three sixty. And if you tell a blind person after their NDE that you know what people who aren't blind really just see pie shaped, right, and just a hundred eighty, they don't believe it hmm. because you know what does that mean? Because we see that's what people say. You know, they go up on board a UAP and there's a graze and 3C360, it's a holographic image, no past, no present, uh, you know, there's no time, all of that. Why the similarity, you see, among all of these kinds of experiences? That's what really turns me on. It suggests that the brain can sort of may inhibit our ability to perceive true awareness. It's a possibility. I'm not unique in that in presenting that idea. William James, back in the early 1900s, yeah. he was a, considered the father of uh, psychology. Psychology, yeah. 
Yeah, and um, he said that a long time ago. He could be right on. And, he's not, and uh, because why? Well, you, you, you've minimized the brain's influence through a, a, a biologic death-like event in the form of an NDE or maybe a modification into a default mode due, due to a DMT or psilocybin, shrooms or whatever, or, or, or meditation. We quiet the mind sufficiently enough where you minimize this potential influence and and then the 3d world of, of central nervous system neuroelectric activity diminishes possibly to the point where you're now what free yeah. <laughs> you, you, well, do actually, you now have true reality yeah you, you, you hit the nail on the head i mean we've had so many so we've done probably 50 60 we've probably done maybe even more psychedelic episodes with scientists and uh you know, psychonauts and experiencers. And I would say that um, from talking to everybody, um, I've come to the conclusion that what psycho psychedelics or psychoactive compounds do is remove the built-in pareidolia, the evolutionary pareidolia that we've uh, over the years built up to recognize patterns and shapes and everything to evolve and survive and like you, you just hit it on the head where when you go into those experiences, you're removing those, the chains of that pareidolia and you can now see more of what actual reality might be like, um, if that makes sense. It, it, you know, it certainly does. And I have to refer to David Luke, uh, the, uh, if you want to call him a leading authority, I think you might say for good reason. And so on the effects of psycho, psychedelic uh, compounds yeah. on, on the mind, he's not alone, but he's a major player. I right. respect him. He's in the documentary. Okay. And, and in talking in talking with him, there's, he's written a magnificent paper. And I think I do forget the journal that it's in. And I encourage people to look for his, uh, his review of the literature on psychoactive agents very comprehensive, extraordinarily interesting. But yeah. it, but uh, you you are likely familiar with it. You know, I forget the exact numbers, but fifty percent say they interact with varying kinds of beings right. and have uh, you know similarities to near death experiences and out of body fit the whole bit. And it's compelling enough to look, look, look. You, you may be familiar with this, I, and I believe we may be running out of time, but no, we're, we're I okay. Forget, I mean, it's, it's all based on your time, sir. Um, well, thank you. You've read through a very kind of you. <laughs> uh, look, yeah, can we take a few hours then? You think there'll be any audience left? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was, was, was going to say, let's go for another 15, 20 minutes. We can do a short Patreon segment with you if you're if you want to, and then oh, yeah. we can get to the yeah. other business we we're going to get to after. Yeah, so. I don't I don't have to go to the bathroom yet, so we're good, okay, <laughs> okay. buddy. Uh, a recent a recent articles, um, uh, the medical journal by researchers at John Hopkins University, whereby they administered. Uh, microdoses of psilocybin um, to, and I forget the exact number, something like 100 individuals, half of whom were atheists. They completed a survey before and after the administration of the psilocybin. A about half of those who claimed to be atheists, and I forget the number, but about half of them, which is a lot, now believed in a supreme being. Hmm. Now, Okay, let's think about that for a second. I mean, seriously, they now believe in the Supreme. Now, the point is this, if an external agent like a drug can alter one's perspective on something so profound as, as that, for whatever reason, maybe they interacted with that Supreme being, right. or they had a sense of knowingness, you know, <laughs> come on. Uh, 
let alone these other altered states of consciousness that people perceive to be as real as can be, like a near death on the body, all that. Right. Uh, and, and the thing is, it does have these kinds of pronounced effects. That's where I'm coming from. Why? And can Merck, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, whomever, make a pill, you know, to simulate that, right? right. Not so that we benefit by it, if at all possible. We'll get there. To cause that ego dissolution, I think is really critical. And I think a lot of these kinds of experiences do just that, as I mentioned earlier, that ego dissolution, where again, we're not the center of the universe. For some reason, that might be just a natural reflection of activity, maybe in the, in the chordate nucleus of the brain that that is somehow activated. Maybe it's DMT from the pineal gland. You know, we can go there. Right, there are different theories. Right, uh, the, the DMT or maybe well, the, the studies it. out of Ann Arbor show that DMT is actually created in the entire brain, and they actually found it in spinal fluid as well. And there's some oh, yeah. even new theories that suggest that there's a uh, neuronal agonist system where everything is filtered through DMT. Like all other psychedelics, actually get you know play off that that receptor. And um, as far as what you're saying, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And like I said, I mean you were talking about like holograms and projections and uh, as an experienced psychonaut myself and having used psychedelics for over 20 years, uh, a lot of the entity or feeling the presence of something else, a lot of it has been that feeling that it is like a projection. It feels like it's there, but it doesn't feel like it's like a solid physical thing. And I know we've talked to people that do feel like there is a solid physical thing there, but from my experiences, it's more of like a projection style thing. Well, look, you, you know more about it than I. I know the research. Right. I, I know the research like the back of my hand. You know what? doesn't mean anything. Right. You know, it makes me sound impressive. Oh, oh the guy knows a lot. No, you know. <laughs> you know. So well, I, mean, I, Gnosis I, I, I did and, acid yeah. in Central Park in the 70s. Too heavy. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I, too heavy. It's different yeah. now, I know. Yeah. Uh, I, I understand. I I know the feeling, but it was, that had too much speed. Now it's, it is different, but similar. I get right. it. Uh, you tell me, did you do you believe you interacted with an alternate reality? Okay, so I whatever mean, my, that means, right, right. So so like I I don't know if it was an alternate reality. I think that you can manifest things, and I, that's what I'm trying to debate in my mind: is this part of my subconscious and like some sort of Jungian thing happening, or is this? an external actual other thing. And I, uh, when I meditated in silent darkness, I've had a couple psilocybin experiences where I was shown that this realm is the realm of imagination and imagination is actually real and maybe exists either it exists in your mind and is real there, or it could be some sort of external thing. But I've had other presences show me that, you know, there are other things and it's given me ideas that like outside the box type thinking stuff that I haven't heard anybody talk about that have been profound and things I've done in my own life. So I don't know if that makes sense to you, but like, you know, if I feel like there is something there, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's an energy. I don't know if we're the universe experience in itself and we're giving ourselves breadcrumbs or something like that, I guess I could see, but for me, it it does feel like there is something at the heart of it, and I don't know what it is. And so, either we're all connected, and we're all part of the universe, and it's conscious, and you know, almost like a panpsychism and stuff like that, or there is something beyond the veil um, 
then we can't understand it because we can't get outside of our own consciousness. And even when we stu- study other people's consciousness, we don't even know what we're studying, really. So, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a conundrum there. Well, talk about conundrum. We're using our consciousness to explain consciousness. You talk exactly. about the ultimate paradox. You know, good luck with that one. It's like the law of identity is no, there's <laughs> really no, no answer. And that's okay. This is consciousness right here. You know, right. You know, it's a, it's it's subjective whatever you interpret it to be that and you know how many thousands of scholars far smarter than me have written thousands and thousands of papers on it given lectures etc and we still don't know what the hell consciousness is so it, but we still talk about it and we're still searching for it we know it's there but we have no answer what does that mean you talk about that yet and Nobel Prize laureates Wigner uh, Heisenberg they talk about the field of consciousness over the earth right uh, we lose, but the thing is, we lose sight of that. Even the theory of relativity, Einstein's theory of relativity, he w- he was out to prove that, the, that the, there's an ether over the Earth, kind of like that information field, you see. But he gets it, it wasn't appropriate for the times, so it, it wasn't incorporated in unified field theory and whatever. He was big um, into Spinoza too, and he actually yeah, was kind of a spiritual yeah. person. Most people don't realize, not necessarily and, a religious person. And he always exactly. And you always, you always say science and, and spirituality come from the same tree. And we, we again, we lose sight of that. So the, the branch is just, I don't know, yeah. growing in opposite directions at times, it feels. But look, you, you, you don't have the answers, no. And nobody you, does. You, nobody does. Uh, and those who do... And be wary of, yeah. How be many wary people of the ones do? Yeah. And how many people who say they do why because of the book the movie whatever it is and that's the way it goes okay self-serving is a business all right but we got to be aware of the source and that's the issue who's the real deal who's not and it's easy easy of course to be fooled how many sociopaths have we run into uh sure. in our unfortunate lives and will run into that's what's wrong with the ills of society if we could maybe give them this kind of a nde i think that's the best <laughs> or, or that's the best thing yeah. they could have to cure that if you know, they, you know, but that's another story. Are you more aware, simply as that, from your experiences with the, with the, the medications, drugs, are you simply, do you feel you're more aware? What if that means to you? Uh, so, I mean, I was more raised. Connected, more connected. Oh, right. So I was raised Catholic and I never felt any connection to Christianity or religion or anything like that. It was just like a... A nice place, you know, you get some, yeah, morals, it's like a moral scaffolding, you know, it's, it's, it's good in that regards, you know, I think I'm a pretty nice person, uh, but in terms of like giving me answers, no, uh, but when I had my first psilocybin experience when I was in high school, I was like, wow, there's more to life, and, uh, this is kind of what people were talking about, and, uh, I mean, this was a long time ago, this was over 20 years ago, so, uh, when that happened, it kind of shifted me back then. I still didn't have the reverence or understanding for what's going on, but I just knew that there was more uh, to life. There was more than what meets the eye, and mystical experiences are real. Uh, so, yeah, it made me more aware of this other thing. So while in day-to-day consciousness, that's why I'm skeptical of anybody that uh, doesn't think along those lines in terms of altered states of consciousness and breaking free of your day-to-day consciousness because I feel like in day-to-day consciousness it's very hard you know you might get your random UFO sighting or UAP or you might have your random event or whatever maybe a synchronicity or something like that but in terms of truly getting to the mystical side of things I think it, it it's either something that gets thrust upon you you know by chance or you can induce it 
via meditation, deep prayer, whatever you want to call it, psychedelics or whatever, um, and through that way. I do really quick, some Paul in our comments wanted to ask a question. He, he wanted to know what you thought about the Bigelow competition winner on near-death experiences, if you have a... I feel, I'm, I feel very bad I didn't write an essay for it. I do I too. Book actually, life after, I, I, I write a book, Life that. After Death, analysis of the evidence. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think doesn't mean I'd win, case. but I should have. Yeah. I should have. But anyway, that doesn't matter. Uh, my, uh, uh, right, what do I think? Uh, I, I hope he does it every year, and uh, you know, it's a good thing. It spreads the word, makes people more aware of sure. the research that's out there and the concepts, what's going on, the the, the visionaries. Uh, that's wonderful. That should be publicized all over the place. Let people learn from that, and they'll benefit greatly from that. Look, you became more aware, maybe frust- more frustrated in some ways, maybe more sensitive to negative stuff in our world, Because, but being more aware is good and bad, right. I think. But you see, I talk to I've It's lonely at times. Very lonely yeah. at times. It, it, it's, oh, yeah. it's an integration, evolving process, but... but that's why you're probably doing what you're doing. And, you know, it, it, it has a, a transpersonal effect on your life. Uh, and I think you're, you're charged. You have passion, determination. I do, too, from it for a different reason. But we're at the same thing. We're headed to that same that same focal point, in a sense, um, because we do know it's more. There's more. It's like an animal knowing where the predator is miles away without seeing, hearing. We know. And that's a skill sense that should be developed much more so. That sense of knowing, especially when there's danger ahead or negative sure. vibes ahead for survival reasons, physical and mental or otherwise, or trying to figure out who to love. I mean, how many of all of us make make that kind of mistake? Uh, sure. If we just better understand the, the the psyche of the person, I think just being more aware helps us to, to be resonate with those who call it at the same frequency, whatever it is, that bond, that resonant bond that people say helps heal, uh, that helps, that, that can also modify physical systems at a distance. And we see that at the experimental level, anecdotal level. The, the knowing as the mother has that the child is, is, is injured in the park, running running to find that she or she is, it happens all the time and manifests in varying ways. It's just mind-boggling. We know it happens, and that sense of knowing is, is not cultivated as it should be. And to our benefit, human potential exists. We see little subtle pieces up there, even bioenergy. Uh, techniques and instrumentation becoming much more popular. You know, most of it is garbage, of course. There are some things, however, that might that are being studied at Harvard uh, that look at chakra, biophotonic activity from the spinal cord, brain. Uh, psychiatrists are very interested in looking at energy, light energy emitted from the body. Call it whatever you wish, uh, but there is a true physical energy, invisible force. I talk about it in my book. Uh, we have authorities talking about it in the documentary. Point is, can that be objectified, utilized medically for the diagnosis of psychological illnesses or physical illnesses? You know, when there's a, a maybe who knows, whatever disorder, disease, mentally or otherwise, that shifts the chakra, you know, the, the, all the colors, the frequency patterns. Hmm. Each of the chakra systems are tied to an endocrine system, and, and it does give off bioelectric magnetic activity. Maybe that's what the soul is, an electric magnetic soul. You know, who knows, biostatics, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but 
uh, that's where they're going, you see, because it, it takes it takes these physicians, psychologists a long time to figure out oftentimes what's wrong with the person, you know, when, mm. especially when it's up here, it's hard right. to objectify that. And, uh, so maybe it can be utilized. Chakra is, is much too chakra system. That energy flow, Kundalini. Come on, we, you know we don't have the criteria for Kundalini. I've had a Kundalini experience. Uh, it's everyone has it differently, but I don't want to go into detail. I have talked about it publicly. I write about it, but uh, I was made more. I became more aware. Don't, mm. don't ask me what happened, mm. but I am aware of a non-dual state. You're aware of a non-dual state sure. where you know what I mean. See, you see, being aware, uh, <laughs> your body can be doing one thing. You're aware that your body is doing one thing, but you are doing something else in a sense. Right. You're not your body. You can, but you see, it's, you can't explain that, that. We don't have language to explain. You have to experience that. Of course, like an NDE, it's a limitation in the language that we have, of course, to describe this. But that non-dual state is often achieved in the NDE, the psychoactive state, meditation deep meditation, especially most experience, um, that elevates awareness. That even may trigger an area of the brain that, be, that allows you to even be more psychic or more spiritual, uh, an actual physical part of the brain or whatever. Uh, but it, it is an evolving process. Sometimes we ourselves have to cultivate it like you did. Or it happens spontaneously. Without, I'm hit by a car, I have an NDE, you know, bada bing. Wow. Uh, it, ideally, we'd like that slow evolving process to integrate it uh, to our advantage without our socks not being off, uh, not off at the same time and suffering with anxiety, what happened to me. Right. So uh, that non-dual state of awareness is something that's been described for eons. You know, we lose sight of that, the shamans, uh, the, the Indians, uh, the non-duality. But materialism suppresses that or, or inhibits our ability to, to be realized that our body, in a sense, can be kind of shaking and moving like a Kundalini-like effect. And you're somewhere else. You know, you, 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 yeah, I don't have the language to make to uh, uh, express to someone who doesn't understand that there is a distinction between your realization that you're doing, your body's doing this and you're doing something else. You know, you, you have to be in the shoes of the person. It goes, like it's trying to explain what DMT feels like to someone who's never had it. You know, I'm yeah. tempted to do it. I'm doing a documentary. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah, screw right around with yeah. my my biochemicals right now. But maybe right after that, the next day after it goes maybe on we'll, air. Yeah, maybe know, we'll talk it. more. I know we're gonna incorporate you into the project we're working on. Uh, well, which we'll reveal soon. But uh, maybe we'll we're gonna. You know, we. This is funny. Maurice and I actually were. Our first documentary was gonna be on near death experiences. My mom had a traditional near death experiences. She or. Tr experience she was dead for a while giving birth to my sister she saw her deceased father my deceased uh, my other deceased sister and uh, it was a traditional near-death experience and uh, that just kind of got me thinking and uh, I know a couple other people that have and that was the first documentary we were going to work on however uh, we kind of pivoted and you know I we've talked offline and we're working on this other thing right now but you know Either some psychoactive compounds or near-death experiences will probably be our next one, but uh, it's all interesting. I have a question, though, regarding, um, I know you've studied the brain. When I 
deep into meditation, I'm talking 15, 20 minutes, and I start to get these peripheral, like, dancing, fluttering lights, almost like butterflies or something along those lines. Uh, and I try and follow them, and they kind of just drift around. Um, I know when we had Dr. Rick Strassman on, he was saying that maybe possibly phosphines, but, I mean, it, I don't know. Uh, I, I've talked to other people that have experienced this in meditation, too. Do you have any? Uh, uh, I, it's hard to say because it's hard to understand exactly what you're saying, you know, what you mean. Right. Um, um, it, you know, it, the first thing that comes to mind, not that the science is, uh, it's, it's like when you're looking at the sky, you see those floaters. Right. Well, this is after my. Those are proteins. Right. Protein, but but that's likely something else. Yeah, I was going to say because I've talked to other people that have experienced this, and it's not that I. It would be one thing if, for instance, if you stare at the TV and then you close your eyes or look up, you're going to see a rectangle, right, or whatever. Uh, This is after I'm deep into meditation, and it's not any shape or object. And in fact, what I'm looking at kind of morphs around and it takes different shapes of light. Um, and then sometimes I've even seen it like going into my chest or emanating out of my chest. Uh, this is very deep into meditation and I don't know if it's something like hypnagogic or, uh, something along those lines, or if it's something kind of like what we were talking about with like entities and psychoactive compounds, this is something like external or some way of, you know, you're talking about like biophotons and, I know we glow to human beings glow. We can't see it, but we glow. Um, so I don't know if it has something to do with something like that either. Uh, I, I, I have no answer. I wish I did. Uh, I, I meditate. You stumped them, man. Yeah. You stumped me. Yeah. And I can't be, uh, egocentric to say, dude, just, you know, just to act like I have an answer. Uh, yeah. that, that's, that's, I find that very interesting. Uh, I've heard that too. Uh, this one time I was deep in meditation. I try to do that you know, twice a day. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I see like a rectangular, little like cartoonish, a rectangle mm. face, two eyes, little eyes, nose, slipped her mouth, and never saw it again. But it left such an impression on me. Why did I just, you know, why did I see it at that particular time? Right. Uh, is it hypnagogic? Maybe. Uh, but why the consistency? If it was right. hypnagogic, maybe it would be different. It, you know, you, could, you ask a biologist, they'll give you a, a diatribe about a biological, you know, rationale sure. for that of course right. you know, retinal image electric activity and, and you go into a theta state maybe with deeper relaxation who knows or you talk to someone else who's in more eastern medicine and they'll, they'll say you know that's one way you can clean up your chakra systems try to imagine that uh, you know that white light from above some often sure. seen that kind of yeah. depicted in, in ancient art you kind of forget that you know why is that that Myophotonic light energy, you know, gets back to Rudy Shield. He goes to quadrupole radiation from these quantum amplifiers are beaming down into our brain, interacting, you know, with the chordate nucleus. Okay, that's the answer. Everybody go home, right? Mm. Goodbye. No more UAP solved, right? The thing is, it sounds, it, it can get so left field in some respects and be completely wrong or completely right. Some, well, some truth probably in between, but direct that white energy light into the chakras for each color, clear it up, whiten it, uh, allow the energy to flow. You know, you get that kind of feedback from people who will advocate. That's how you clean out those blocks, so to speak, that we mm. often talk about, whether it's in the solar plexus at that level or, or more north or south. Uh, hard to know exactly where it is. But, but when you have a Kundalini event, 
the cork comes out of the bottle. Mm. When you do, I think DMT, the cork comes out of the bottle. When you see a UAP, you know, mm. uh, what, whatever that figurative point means, sure. you become a little lit. A little, you want more. You got a teaspoonful. You got another gallon, a million yeah, gallons. You're in, initiated into the mysteries of life. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like the universe is, is seeing itself through your eyes. Um, you, you get a little bit more piece of that. The universe is seeing itself through your eyes. We're all one. You know, it gets esoteric. And, and see, that's my left brain. I, I, you know, science, science, science. I got a kid. I read almanacs. I play chess. Uh, you know, what do I do with all this? You get it? And now well, I mean, I'm the greatest thinkers. consciousness. The greatest thinkers of all time have also balanced it out with philosophy and spirituality. And uh, a lot of the top minds have always thought that there's something else going on that they can't explain. I mean, even Tesla, I know he was really out there, but uh, he always thought he was getting like downloads and stuff like that. And he was able to do these thought experiments in his mind and then bring them into physical reality. I mean, stuff like that. I don't think that that's an accident. I think that that's a, 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 a potential that human beings have that we can tap into. I don't necessarily even think it's for gifted people. I think it's something that we can all tap into if we really want to. So, um, There you go. Uh, it gets back to what we were talking about, maybe an aspect of brain function that can tap into an information field uh, because people like like uh, him do claim, yeah, it wasn't my idea. Einstein said the theory of relativity came to me in a dream. The person who, who developed the periodic table said the same thing. Yeah. How about that, uh, the mathematician, the genius, is still today using his mathematical theories and formulas that he devised, I forget one, how many, you know, decades ago. Right. He, ne he never learned math. He never learned math. Know, you see what? Uh, it's at the brain. Come on. You know, you know, come on. So, so it can't be. So, where information yeah. field? You know, and and a lot of those kind of examples. Not, but yeah, these these great minds. Uh, after they realize it's by studying science for so long, they learn a heck of a lot, whether it, for whatever century it's in, and then they say, okay, so what? And they realize there's more to life that that science knowledge base it does not address at all. Right, but they they search for answers. That's maybe why they they're scientists or philosophers or or, or whoever. Right. I think being human, you know, we all have that tendency. Some, of course, much more than others. And why, you know, maybe that's a built-in spirituality mechanism sure. we have. Some don't give a hoot, and some <laughs> I can't understand right. why people don't even talk about this all the time and play, you know, uh, bingo on their phones for six hours. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't, yeah. everybody, I don't even want to go there. I'm wrong to say sure. that. You say, I'm wrong to say that. No, I'm it's fine. Look, that. You know, but I, I think that's the purpose of being alive, to evolve spiritually. I really do. Um, and they're evolving at their pace. They're not wrong. Everybody's right, as long as right, they don't hurt other people. They're all at their own pace. I don't that think you can bring that. They can't have anymore. Yeah. They can't have anymore. I don't think I you can it. bring that to somebody. I think it just has to, you know, for Correct. me, I had a spiritual experience like, uh, or awakening like five years ago. I've talked, I'm not going to go into the story, but I've talked about it a million times on the podcast. Um, but just having that experience, that's what catapulted me into going on this knowledge quest, doing this podcast, being interested in these topics. Cause before that I was just going through the motions and I always had, you know, I've been using psychedelics, like I said, for 20, 20 plus years and I've had mystical experiences and I've known that that's there, but I never really got into it. I never really delved deep into it. So I think you're right that 
everybody evolves at their own pace and sometimes it need you need an event sometimes you i'm sure there's people that never have that event but who knows maybe that's part of like reincarnation too you know maybe you have to go through that at some point i don't know uh but um let's uh let's wrap it up here because i do want to do a patreon segment with you um and then we got to get to some other business but uh uh, everybody should go check out BobDavisSpeaks.com. I have the link down below. Check out his three books. And uh, he has a documentary coming up. And what's that website? It's Consciousness.info. ConsciousnessFilm.info. ConsciousnessFilm.info. Uh, con- uh, film. Go check that. Looks great. The trailer looks amazing. If you want to contribute to the project and help him get it going, please do so. And, uh, and yeah, this... and that same goes for your documentary, too. Uh, yeah. I don't want to hog, hog the airwaves. I mean, no, I, no, I no. For that effort. It's, it's hard. Yeah, no, no. We'll, uh, you know, ours is a little bit more of a passion project, a grassroots kind of a thing, but uh, we definitely understand how hard it is to make these things and to get them going and stuff like that. But we'll announce all our stuff soon. We're going to get to that. But um, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all your info. And you're uh, obviously you've been interested in this for a while. And, you know, you have a good background to talk about these kinds of things. And, um, yeah, we really appreciate it. And we'll have you definitely back on in the future. There's so many things that we could get to that we didn't get to uh, that we will get to next time we have you on. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to do a Patreon segment with them right now. So if anybody is interested, go to patreon.com slash podcast for just $2 a month. You'll get exclusive guest episodes and segments, which we're about to do. Tons of stuff on there. You know, we got Rick Strassman, Randall Carlson, you know, you name it. If we've had a guest on our show, we've probably done a Patreon with them. So go check that out. Uh, and uh, talking about connectedness in the universe, go check out our social media platform, indrasweb.org. This is the social media platform we created to connect open minds. So if you want to speculate, hypothesize, theorize, doing all the stuff that we do on this podcast, head on over there, set up a profile. It is free. And uh, we are working on getting that in the App Store. And if anybody's interested, we do have a large and a medium left. We're going to still do the competition. Uh, if anybody wants to enter, all you have to do is take, you know, take a screenshot, go to Apple podcast, take a screenshot of a five-star review that you've leave, left for us, uh, and then send it to mindescape, uh, podcast at gmail.com that will enter you to win. Again, we only have larges and mediums left, but if you're interested, please enter. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Bob. This was very fun conversation. And, uh, again, look forward to your documentary and you know, what, what you do in the future and, uh, Look forward to uh, working with you on a couple of things. Oh, I, I greatly appreciate it. I hope I, I do have the opportunity to be on with both of you gentlemen. And uh, you are an amazing interview. I really want to mention that. Uh, I'm sure your listeners, viewers realize that. But uh, you get it. And I'm very impressed with your insight um, for whatever reason. And I thank you, both of you, for what you do. Well, I appreciate you the go. kind words. And uh let Maurice speak. No, I'm just joking. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, we love everybody. And if you're interested in Let Maurice Speak, we do have Let Maurice Speak t-shirts on our merch store. Not to plug anything. But I just want to say thank you, Bob, for the kind words. Um, I, I, you know, I don't look at myself like that. I'm just trying to learn and, and grow. And uh, I think asking interesting questions for me is important to get interesting answers from our interviewees. So it's not necessarily me it's you you know so while i might be interested in these topics and i might ask good questions it's i appreciate the answers even more and i want to get that extra little bit out of that person so i appreciate you pointing that out and uh uh yeah i I 
can't and uh, I, say, and, say. And I appreciate you you having extremely good guests on your show. Oh, uh, I, like uh, like Rick like Strassman, <laughs> and like no, no, I'm not talking about you know the, in the past, like Rick Strassman and Abby, and among many others. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's it's not a you know, it's very credible, legitimate show. Uh, so thank you. Well, we didn't start out that way, but we have definitely trended. In that I, I, know, I know, we, I know, we got to evolve. We started out very woo and kind of we're in this I know. space where I think there is a true fringe and we are seeking that. But yeah, I don't. I don't believe a lot of stuff that I believed when we first started, but I think sure. that's part of growing. So, but exactly. I just want to say, I appreciate it. I appreciate everything you do. I have a couple of your books loaded up, ready to go on my uh, Kindle. So I'm ready to do that and uh, let's do this. So uh, I, I really appreciate it. And uh, I do too. let's, uh, let's wrap it up here and we'll get to our Patreon. I love everybody. Stay safe out there and uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Mm-hmm.